Welcome back to Active Discourse, the multi-platform technology podcast. I'm Bo, and I'm quietly putting away this monkey paw I've been wishing on. And I'm Brett, and we're both just so fried from this year. But Active Discourse is now never longer than 45 minutes, so let's get started. So starting off with follow-up, Brett seemed to uh, do some kind of summoning. So go ahead and talk about your what you brought yeah. about. Apparently, my monkey paw is not calibrated correctly. So, um, so speak of the devil, and so he shall appear. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I believe, when we were talking about Apple Silicon, uh, I spoke a lot about Apple's Secure Enclave, which is uh, a place inside Apple's processors where they store passwords and other secure information. And so far, it's been uh, uncompromised since its release in 2013. And we talked about this and about how neat of an idea it is and how, how well it's gone. Well, as of uh, late July 2020, the secure enclave in uh, Apple devices with A7s through A11s has been compromised. Yeah, I think what we did on our previous episode was called foreshadowing in literature. So good news here is the fact that there isn't really much evidence of this making it out into the wild um, but it's an exploit there's there's no question about it if you lose your phone and a malicious uh, party finds it they they could get access to that if you're, they're so inclined to do it so so far as we're aware it's not executable online so that's that's great but this is devices ranging from the iphone 5 uh, up until the iPhone 10. Hey, that's my device. And um, devices with the 10s and 11 series are running an A12, which so far are not susceptible. And that is because of a hardware flaw on the CPUs from the A7 through the A11s. This is an inherent flaw that can only be fixed in manufacturing and Apple fixed it for the A12 going forward. So um, anything like that has hardware level um exploits that basically allow jailbreaking for anything and that's that's interesting so just wanted to mention it that's really it okay so there's no practical exploit out there that is actively out to steal people's data or or compromise things it's just a a a bounty basically has been put out on this exploit or compromise yeah if if someone steals your phone and it makes its way into nefarious hands uh, that is the probably most worst case scenario. But at the same time, if someone still uses your phone, change all your passwords, and you're probably good too. So everything is compromisable. Honestly, there's it's these days. It's so hard to make something that's impenetrable, if not impossible. So that's that's pretty good so far. That's a good record. So that's the only follow up we got, and um, kind of related to follow up, I'll, I'll introduce a quick new section called Quick Opinions. And what this is, is a uh, opportunity basically for us to quickly acknowledge some news um, or other topic that we don't really, maybe we don't have strong opinions on, or maybe we don't have a ton of time to dedicate to it because we've got a lot to talk about today. So um, quick opinions. We got three topics today for quick opinions and Google Pixel 4a is first. And what do you think of the Google Pixel 4a? This is where my monkey paw comes in. (laughs) Yep. So I made a wish for some soft touch plastic a few episodes ago and Google has, uh, for better or worse, made that, that wish come true. The pixel four a has that soft touch kind of plastic on it. Um, only comes in matte black, which is for reducing 
costs for production, uh, which is why the Pixel 4a can be $350 and yet still be a great device. Um, it's kind of a return to Nexus style. It's got a headphone jack, fingerprint sensor, uh, which in the mask era is way better and more convenient than uh, sure. face recognition. Yep. Uh, so Pixel 4a looks like a great device. Um, and I guess uh, we'll see which one of us is kind of proved right about the soft touch. We'll see how all that material holds <laughs> up as time goes on. Yep, yep. We could probably order a uh, used Pixel 3a maybe like in a half year to a year from now, see what a used Pixel 3a looks like after about two years of use. You know, how does that soft touch plastic hold up? Because I remember back uh, in my good old Verizon days handling old um, Droid Incredible 2s after they'd been used for three years and they just (laughs) felt greasy (laughs) and not great. (laughs) So they, I remember they felt great coming out of the box, but yeah. Um, no, but that said, though, I really love the idea of the Pixel 4a. I really like the experimental 3a that I got uh, last year. And honest to God, if the Pixel 4a had Qi charging in it, um, I might have been able to consider it, especially with a topic that we're going to talk about later on today. But, um, you know, I, at some point I will get another Android phone just to experiment with, um, especially because you can find so many actually pretty decent, cheap say $300 used Android phones and you can have a lot of fun with them. This is one of those. So I'd be curious to try it out at some point if it had, if it had Qi charging, cause I like to charge my devices, my iPhone with wireless charging. And if it doesn't, I don't want to migrate to plugging it in just to charge it. So anyway, that's that quick topic. Next topic, Microsoft duo even quicker. We discuss this device a lot on this show um we we are both excited about it probably as a concept more so than actually buying it but it's now available to pre-order and that's pretty sweet and so since we talked so much about it we want to talk about it after reviews are live after people have used it a a few more opinions show up maybe some controversial thoughts come up we'll talk more about the microsoft yeah the first real bullet points are that it is fourteen hundred dollars and it is uh, it lacks nfc which uh, for both Brett and I was, you know, maybe not the only deal breaker, but was kind of a turnoff for the duo. But it's it's not that sort of device, and Microsoft's already talking about uh, how they're going to iterate on it. So we'll have to see how it develops. And again, we'll we'll watch for reviews, and we'll probably talk about it in a future episode. Yeah, we're we're absolutely going to talk about it because it's a really fun um, Halo device that I think is going to inspire a lot of creativity and is a major new player in the foldable phone space. So that's exciting. Fold all the things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so folding all the things, uh, Google Play Music is going to be folding over relatively soon, and this is the Armageddon that you were not excited about. <laughs> and so now that your hand is being forced, let's hear some quick opinions, and we will dive very deep into what you replace Google Music with in the future. So what do you think about this news? I continue to not be excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of disappointing because they still haven't added all the features that are missing from Google Play Music, uh, which is something that they basically promised to do. Um, but as Google do, the, the trend continues. Basically, by the end of this year, Google Play Music is going to be dead. 
uploading and downloading through Music Manager, which was for your personal music library uploading uh, purposes, is going to end within the next 30 days. Uh, Your library can be transferred to YouTube Music with one click, which I did. That includes playlists, uploads, recommendations, Mm. and you'll be able to do that through the end of this year. Um, they're also shutting down the music store. So you, you won't be able to purchase music from Google anymore. You'll, it, they're only doing streaming. So it, it really, in terms of YouTube music, the thing that I hate the most, the chief complaint, I think generally across the board with, with everyone who's moved is that it shares likes and subscriptions with YouTube video. Uh, this is somewhat mitigated for me by the fact that I use two different accounts for the two services which is mostly because I've, I've started using a different Gmail uh, account or Google account for, for everything, and it just so happens it works out for me in this one specific scenario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's got a whole bunch of other kind of hiccups, too. It, it, if you temporarily lose connection, even for a millisecond, it's going to stop playing music, and you have to resume it, even though you can do that immediately. Uh, shuffle is terrible. It seems to repeat the same sequence of quote-unquote random songs playlist management is worse than gpm you can't edit metadata Um, uploaded music can't be intermixed with streaming music they're entirely separate sections of the app whereas google play music could shuffle between the two seamlessly and there was essentially no distinction interface is aesthetically pleasing but ultimately not as functional as gpms it does have a couple niceties but uh it's it's also not as usable on Android Auto. It's kind of clunky there. It's not as easy to get to things like my um, my likes or my thumbs up playlist. Yeah. <laughs> wow! 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 Um, I I that last point, by the way, I'll totally follow up on is that absolutely the YouTube Music interface just sucks on on iOS as well. I it doesn't really make any sense to me. So, okay. I do look forward to digging into different music services that you're going to consider because it doesn't really look like any of that is resolvable by the fall. I, I mean, have, has has YouTube even talked about whether or not they will have any new major versions or are they just saying, sucks, Google Play Music is going away, migrate or die? Is that what yeah, they're Yeah, essentially that's it. It's you, you have to migrate. Google Play Music will be dead by the end of this year. You, won't, you will not be able to use it. Uh, and even after... December 2020, you will not be able to transfer your music anymore. That's weird. So you've got to do it now or you lose it. That's weird. Well, I do have a YouTube music subscription as a result of the legacy YouTube Red, YouTube Premium, whatever it's called these days. Yep, same thing as I have. Right, so I have that. I don't use it because I see value in YouTube Premium without YouTube music at all. But I, I might might as well give it a shot. I've given it a shot a little bit recently. It was a terrible experience. I tried to figure out how to get like artists to show up in my library, and I was like, well, maybe maybe they use the same sub- subscription index saying I subscribe to this artist, and then in which case that artist music videos started showing up on my YouTube feed, and that's a completely separate thing to me. I use YouTube for something else entirely. I don't use my YouTube app for for watching music videos, I use YouTube music maybe for that, but I'd like them to, them to be separated. I, those two aren't connected. So mm-hmm. as, as you had said, <laughs> yeah, that's the primary complaint. I think for everyone right now it's is really that frustrating. It's, it's, 
the way it's tied into watching videos and subscribing to channels on regular YouTube yep. really runs counter to how people listen to music and watch video. If, if, if you watch a video on YouTube about Minecraft, you're going to start getting Minecraft music recommended to you and coming mm. up in your playlists. Hmm. And those two things can be entirely separate. Yeah, but exactly. But in YouTube, they're tied together. And that's inherently wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I look forward to your research paper on what you choose to listen to music on next because you've got a decision to make very soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll start working on my dissertation at <laughs> once. <laughs> and I don't really have great recommendations for you either because... Apple play Apple music is okay, but I wouldn't go out of my way to say it's great. Man, nothing just really hits everything. Everything's got some sort of drawback, like like Wi-Fi routers, right? Yeah, like like routers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Apple has the the digital music locker, so that's great because I still want that feature coming from Google Play Music and YouTube Music, which yeah. maintains it. But Spotify doesn't really have that. You have to do some hackery with. A playlist mm. and it's not really intended for that kind of purpose and mm-hmm. and that's an important thing for me because i have a lot of music that uh i already own or isn't maybe even available but i want it i want to be able to listen to that so i'm even looking at things like setting up plex or or self-hosting oh, somehow yeah. so there's options like that uh and uh, we're kind of getting long into this quick topic, so we'll revisit this in exactly. the future. Um, exactly. With all of these various options from Apple, Spotify, YouTube, um, self-hosting, we'll get into that at some future date. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Two topics today. We are talking about the Samsung Unpacked event, and we are talking about xCloud and its availability. I wonder what we're going to talk about with that one. So, um, real quick, let's let's dive into the Samsung event because, honest to God, the X Cloud and what's going on with Fortnite really is uh, really hot lately. So, <laughs> yeah, we were we were originally going to talk about Samsung Unpacked. I think it was going to be our main topic, but uh, once once the event actually happened, we've seen the devices. Um, I, I think Brett and I are on the same page that there's nothing there that's all that noteworthy. Hey, got him. Not too much to unpack. Oh, I can't think of a third one. I think we're done. One for each. Yeah. If there was a third host, you know, we'd need three. Yeah. We need some help here. (laughs) (laughs) So I I just don't think there was that much that was really that starstruck me. It it all seems like it's par for the course for Samsung. So to start that discussion, let's just go through the notes. Uh, They have they have a baseline and they have an ultra. And what what do you what do you think their their execution of this is like? Samsung is milking the Note name. That's what they're doing. It's weird that Samsung has the Note twenty competing directly with the S twenty. It's just it's just weird. I'll I'll say the few things that are different from the Note twenty versus the S twenty. Um, the Note twenty has sixty hertz display, whereas the S twenty has up to one hundred twenty hertz. So that's that's a that's a huge difference between the two and i think the high refresh rate is by far the biggest thing that says i'm a premium device and yet the s20 i think it's actually the s20 plus and the note 20 both those are roughly a thousand dollars and yet for whatever reason the note 20 does not have um the high refresh rate um 
So Samsung is calling the plastic body Glastic, which is just a terrible omission and a pun that is trying to say, oh yeah, it's plastic, but it's, it's like glass. It's not glass. And it does have a less premium feel to it. Curious to see what it feels like in person. I look forward to seeing it at some point in person. Um, the display is lower resolution. I don't think that a 1440 display is absolutely necessary on a phone. Um, I think my iPhone has a lower resolution than that, and it's great. But at the same time, the S20 has a 1440 display, and it's roughly the same price. And people who like the notes, they look for that. I don't, I, I like the note. I'd love to buy one, but the thing is, it's way too expensive for the fact that I am an iPhone user. It's just out of my price range because my Android devices that I want to try are under 500 because it's not my primary device. Um, so, but the people who have the budget for a note want the best and they look at 1080 and they say, that's not good. <laughs> I don't think they're right, but that's what they say. And they're just relying on the fact that it's a, that it has the note name. Um, and the other thing is the uh, latency on the Note 20 with the S Pen is, I think, two to three times slower than the uh, the Note 20 uh, Ultra. And that's also annoying because I feel like that is just a limitation because of the fact that they're selling it for a cheaper price. Yeah, it, there's not a lot for us to add. I mean, it's the Notes this year are really kind of, I mean, for the two of us who don't, own notes or haven't owned notes in the past they're just kind of disappointing from an outside perspective the note 20 exactly. base model seems like a waste of money and the note 20 ultra is too expensive it's 1300 dollars. that's yeah. huge mm -hmm. and we talked about this maybe even a year ago at this point about what a thousand dollar phone how we would react to that and now we're looking at a 1300 dollar phone and it's just getting increasingly absurd. Looking then at a competitor, you've got Microsoft making something entirely new with the Microsoft Duo, which is $1,400, which that's still expensive, but it's an experimental device. Right. And it took a lot of R&D and a lot of manufacturing, you know, new processes, I'm sure. And for only $100 difference there seems ridiculous. I don't know, man. The price is just what gets me the most. They also, one other thing I wanted to bring up was that they there's no more depth camera on the Note 20s, <laughs> which is was used for AR and for <laughs> portrait mode photos. Yeah, man. Um, actually, funny enough, I re-listened to our Note 10 um, episode from last year, our second episode ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I re-listened to that and we had a very brief segment last year about the 3d camera on the note 10 and I am going to put into the show notes and we can pause this recording. If you want to watch this, a demo of the 3d modeling, um, feature that Samsung touted as an, as a feature of the note 10. And clearly that is the last time anyone ever thought about that because it's <laughs> terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Like they did a demo where they were doing a 3D model of a bear and it was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life. I remember you talking about that. <laughs> it's worth a re-listen because that segment of the show was amazing. <laughs> and 
rewatching this now, just a year later, it looks like it's something from the early 2000s. Like this is something that someone in a lab came up with and this is some, yeah, it it's amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes to a YouTube video, someone demoing it. And it's amazing how bad it is. So we'll put that in the active discourse hall of fame. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. But it is, I mean, for AR, it's fine. I don't, who cares? But it's kind of a bummer that portrait mode photos will suffer because Portrait mode has actually looked really good with that dedicated depth camera. Multiple cameras, though, can result in a good result. Like, the iPhone portrait mode photos are fine, so... Okay, so maybe it won't turn out to be a big issue. It just seemed like an omission to me. It's it's weird, but... Anyway, experimental game. So, the Note 20 Ultra is um, in experimental cost range. And so, uh, on that same vein... The Galaxy Z Fold 2 is also in that experimental cost range. And maybe further in the deep end. <laughs> right. And, you know, they're they're taking a, a cue from Microsoft and Sony, and they basically said, oh, hey, we have something to talk about, and we'll tell you more about it later. Here's a picture, though. And then they were gone. Yeah, so we don't know, I think, a lot about it, but the I think the main thing is that it's using a super thin glass instead of plastic for the screen. Uh, which is good. Um, they do still have a hinge, but they've got a high-tech solution to prevent dust from destroying the device from within called bristles. <laughs> you did put that in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so we'll uh, maybe we'll talk more about the Z Fold 2 in the future, but right now it's, I don't know, it's not, not our focus today. Yeah, I guess so because of the fact that Samsung also wants to get the opportunity to say, hey, let's talk about this again later. Ugh, I hate 2020. <laughs> um, drip, drip, drip. Drip, yeah, drip marketing is the worst. Yeah, but whatever. Anyway, um, you want to have an intelligent conversation and then companies just say no. All right. Anyway, um, so here's a product that actually exists, the Galaxy Watch 3. So you don't, you have a Galaxy Gear 3? What do you have? Uh, well, it was not. They didn't use the Galaxy moniker back then for the, oh. their watches. So it's just the Samsung Gear S3. Uh, Samsung Gear S3 Classic. Oh, oh okay. Great. So <laughs> now there's a Galaxy Watch 3. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so they they after the S3, the Gear S3, they switched to just Galaxy Watch. Uh, and they had Galaxy Watch 1, they had a Galaxy Active Watch, and then a Galaxy Active Watch 2, and now we're on Galaxy Watch 3. <laughs> so there was no Galaxy Watch Base 2, so they're just going from 1 to 3 unless we include the Active. But, I don't, you know, who are yeah. we to question the right. the naming conventions of a large corporation? Right, right. Uh, so the Galaxy Watch 3 seems cool. Um, they brought back the rotating bezel, which my Gear S3 has. So, And I like it. It's I'm glad to see they revived it. Um, it's a useful method of input, so I can scroll through things with it or move between screens. They, they did a bunch of health stuff, sleep tracking, oxygen use, blood oxygen saturation. Nothing that's particularly interesting to me, but uh, it... I don't, it does have ECG, too. They got uh, approval in the U.S. for that, so that's pretty cool. A um, lot of cool health stuff on that front. It's it's nice. I, I don't have any reason to particularly upgrade to it from my current Gear S3, 
but it's a very nice device. Um, I love the idea of the rotating display. I really do hope that there's some innovation in that because even though the Apple Watch is good, I actually quite like mine. I also don't have very strong opinions about it, and I'd be curious to see if something like a rotating display, if that could take off. Curious to see what Apple could do with that if that becomes the standard. I think we can quickly flow through the Galaxy Buds Live. Uh, Those are Samsung's new wireless earbuds. They're competitors to the AirPods Pro. Uh, in some ways, they're uh, $80 cheaper than the AirPods Pro. They have active noise canceling, but uh, the battery is going to take a hit for that no- active noise canceling and the voice control. Um, so it has, I think it's like five and a half with that stuff active or something like that, sure. five and a half hours. Um, so they, they do seem like nice little earbuds um, with pretty good sound from what I've seen, but um, Nothing we need to really dive into here, so we can probably just move on to the new tablets. Yeah, I mean, how about this? You just tell us what you what you think about it as a S a Tab S six owner. As a Tab S six owner, these look pretty damn cool. Nice, <laughs> especially the S seven plus, twelve point four inches with an AMOLED one hundred twenty hertz display. I bet that thing just looks awesome. Yeah, uh, and the it's got to be so smooth. And the, the prices really are pretty good, and it's obviously it's still the best Android tablet, uh, which I, I see in your notes as well. Yep. Uh, and really, I think where these are going to shine is that it, there's a bunch of Windows integrations that are going to make this a compelling device. It, I think it, that's going to continue to be a big deal. Samsung and Microsoft are, are really working well together for a lot of things like that yeah i'm I'm curious to see so the 11 inch having an lcd i'm actually not too concerned about because of the fact that the ipad pro honestly is a testament to the fact that lcds can still look really quite good like i have absolutely no complaints about the lcd on my ipad i'm not put off by the fact that one of them has an lcd and one of them has an amoled no and, and both of them are 120 hertz anyway right and that's also great which Samsung maybe should have done for their Note line. Just saying. Weird, right? Huh? And they're cheaper. <laughs> they're both cheaper than the Note line. <laughs> ah, what God, a world. That, that Note line is just terrible. But at the same time, like Android tablets are a very different beast. All right, real, real quick. Samsung, and it seems like now Microsoft is following suit that their major flagships are going to be getting three major Android updates. So... Uh, what does that mean? Um, the last that I saw is that the S10 series, the S20 series, the Note 10, and Note 20 series are all going to get three major updates. So that that that's good, I guess. Um, it's not good enough because that leaves out a large section of the products that Samsung sells because the A-line by Samsung's financial reports is the Samsung Galaxy A-line is one of the best-selling product lines that they have, and yet... They've made no commitment to making sure that any of those are really updated, I think, beyond security updates. And even then, I don't know for sure what commitment they've made. So I'd I'd really like to have Samsung come out there saying, we support all of our phones for a long time. That would be great. But at least the most expensive ones, they're going to support. So it's a start. I think to to get closer to that, they'd have to have less phones. (laughs) They make a lot of phones. I would like to see them make that uh, commitment to more devices, but I I think it's not likely that they'll do it just because they have such a massive catalog. And that's by their own fault that they have right. such a massive catalog. That's I mean, that's been their that's been their MO for years is just throwing devices at the wall. 
and they serve all sorts of different markets, but mm-hmm. Apple serves all sorts of different markets by having different devices, like what the the iPhone XR sells incredibly well in India because of the fact that it's slightly cheaper. So I don't know, whatever. Um, any of these devices from Samsung are you uh, from the Samsung Unpacked event? Are you planning on purchasing? The most likely of them is the Galaxy Buds Live. Actually, uh, yeah. one hundred and seventy dollars is very tempting. And active noise canceling is a great feature. Uh, I don't usually need more than a few hours of battery life. Um, and they, they'll charge quickly in the cradle and they'll get, um, I think it was like 20, 20 hours or something from the, the cradle that you storm in. So those are pretty tempting at that price. Yeah, battery life is not a concern with that kind of device. So I would be very curious to see what you think about those things if you got them. So. Um, but active discourse is now never longer than 45 minutes. So we got to get moving. Um, you got six and a half minutes. Go. I'll, I'll probably cut up a little bit of that, but okay. So this is the type of show that we are. I am more critical of the platform that I use than I am critical of Bose platform. And that's just cause I want Apple to be better. I'm maybe more critical of Google than you are. So I think we're on the same side for yeah. the opposite side. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's works. it's a weird dynamic. We <laughs> we defend the other platform more than we defend our own. It's weird, <laughs> but hey, we're a multi-platform podcast. It sounds it works great. So, um, you know, but there's there's no denying here. We're both huge Microsoft fans here, and um, we're both gonna fall on the side of I think Microsoft in this instance, even though you're not much of an Xbox user, but I'm a big Xbox user. I like my Xbox and I plan on sticking with Xbox. So Microsoft announced that the launch of X cloud will not occur on iOS. They had a test flight version of X cloud uh, ready to go and it has since expired and they allowed it to remain expired. So X cloud is not happening on I on iOS or on any Apple platforms for that matter. So that sucks. Um, and Microsoft released a press release that basically said damning Apple for their app store policies and Apple went out to defend it and their reasoning is bullshit and we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) We'll just leave it at that because there's more than enough podcasts out there that you can listen to on why it's BS. So and in summary, what it comes down to is xCloud is kind of a third-party app store, which is very much not allowed by Apple, and it's at kind of the heart of this. So Apple's under fire for the same thing kind of all over the place. Recently, they testified in Congress about this a few weeks ago, um, and just before WWDC, a very popular company, Basecamp, tried to release a email service that created a public battle with Apple because Apple rejected the app. Um, and they recently amended their policies to be a little bit more gray, but it's not far enough. And Fortnite is proving that now. Um, Fortnite did a way more aggressive tactic here. And their aggressive tactic is they had a server-side update to their app that allowed in-app purchases to go through their website. And that is very much forbidden. So... Let's take Netflix, for example, here, by the way. When you download Netflix on your iPhone, you download Netflix and Netflix has this little pop-up that says, you need to sign in. You are not allowed to register for Netflix on this phone. They literally say, we know this is a hassle, but please go to our website, register, and come on back here and sign in after you've registered. 
And that is because of the fact that they are not allowed to say, you can't buy Netflix through iOS. You have to buy Netflix through our website. And and, and that's just life. And um, Fortnite completely obliterated that concept. And Apple saw it and removed them from the App Store. Google did the exact same thing, by the way. So that's where we're at with Fortnite. Microsoft and Fortnite have a relatively similar thing. And it's worth mentioning there's actually there's very likely a lot of political motivations behind this as well because oh, yeah. uh, there's been a whole lot of turmoil with um, Chinese ownership in technology lately. And uh, Tencent is the Chinese company that owns 40% of Epic Games. Hey, they, they, they also own TikTok. Look at that. Weird. Right, which <laughs> has been involved in a whole lot of things lately <laughs> in relation to... Um, in relation to uh, politics. So it's very likely there are political motivations behind Epic's lawsuit because they had it prepped uh, to go as soon as it came down. And they had, they had like some sort of parody video of Apple's old ad from the eighties and they had them ready at an instant. So it's very likely they planned for it and they had the lawsuit ready to go. There's, there's a whole lot of considerations here on kind of all sides of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to walk through here real quick, kind of a little bit about the revenue situation here um, and how exactly Apple makes money from apps on the app store. Um, but I'm going to kind of askew the whole political nature of the fact that Tencent is being bullied into selling TikTok. We're going to leave that aside for now because that's something else entirely. Um, because I think that the, the big point that isn't just relevant to Fortnite is also relevant to Microsoft and is relevant to a lot of other big app developers. So um, I'm an app developer. Me, Brett, I'm an app developer. I'm a hobbyist. I don't make money. I have almost no hope to make money by selling an app on the app store. I'm a hobbyist. I'm still learning. So, but the thing is what the rules apply to me technically apply to big companies like Epic Games and Microsoft as well. So how does it work? Um, first and foremost, you have to register for an app development account, and that's $100 a year. That's pennies to Apple. $100 a year for me is nothing. So when I put Sneaker Tracker onto the App Store, I could sell it for a dollar. Apple takes $0.30 cents of the dollar, and then I get the other $0.70 cents of that dollar. That's simple. 30%, 70%. So let's say I make Sneaker Tracker free and I make an in-app purchase of a dollar. Same situation. 30 cents go to Apple, 70 cents go to me. If I make a yearly subscription for a dollar, you say, I like this app. I'm going to support this developer for a year. And on day one, same situation. 30 cents go to Apple, 70 cents go to the developer. On year two, day 366, uh, if that user says, hey, yeah, I'm going to keep on allowing the subscription to go on and go on and go on. That's when the situation changes. This is the first instance where the situation will change, where a yearly subscription hits year two, the beginning of year two, they give the developer 85 cents and Apple only takes 15 cents. So they, they cut their share in half. This works really well for small hobbyists. Someone like me, who's going to make no money or very little money on the app store, because I'm not going to have access to that customer at all 
unless this platform existed. So it, it makes more sense for someone like me. But Fortnite, the most popular game in the world, who is likely facilitating millions of dollars likely a day, 30% of in-app purchases just for facilitating you know, the exchange of money between a user to app to the developer is way too much for a company like Epic to pay because Fortnite is a name is a household name brand. Everyone knows Fortnite. Apple is not the reason why people are downloading Fortnite and there needs to be a different rule that applies to Fortnite and XCloud. So that's my thesis on that. Um, and I also think Apple's going to lose on this. Apple is does not have ground to stand on to say that they're the reason why people are um, paying Epic Games millions of dollars a week at least um, to have access to Fortnite. Apple's going to lose on this. Microsoft and Epic are in very good positions of power. xCloud is just going to say, well, screw it. We're Android only. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And iOS users are worse off because of it. Right. Yeah, I, I think there's just too much coming at Apple from too many sides for them to come out on top on this one. Uh, not to mention that uh, the that walled garden is pretty tight right now, and uh, loosening it up would be probably for the better in some ways. Yeah, and, and they're not alone on this either. Like, NVIDIA has um, a platform like this that's quite popular and quite good. Google has... Um, stadia uh, apparently facebook came out of the out of the woodworks and saying oh hey we have one too and everyone's like great thanks <laughs> really because the first thing i said was why <laughs> yeah so facebook apparently has one playstation is very heavily rumored to be creating a game streaming service as well game streaming is going to be very popular a- apple just has a worse platform as a result of this and all they have to do is hop on the phone with microsoft saying what do you need in order to make this work like just we'll we'll figure out some alternative way to pay for the app store because at the heart of this apple does need to be paid in some way shape or form for maintaining the app store that's essentially what this is supposed to do me as a hobbyist paying 30 cents for every dollar that i make on the app store is essentially contributing to a larger pot to make sure that the app store functions that makes sense for someone small like me because there's a lot of small people out there and you know whatever it it makes sense but um it doesn't that that seems like a pretty high price for someone like epic games who likely doesn't need tens of millions of dollars of support sorry hundreds of millions of dollars, and who could handle a lot of that infrastructure themselves yeah exactly um apple will lose on this and xcloud will be available on ios mark my words when that is up to how stubborn Apple actually is. But eventually something will happen to allow xCloud to be on the platform. So that's that's my theory on it. I don't know how long it's going to take. I hope it's not I hope it's not too long. Okay, well, developing story. <laughs> we'll see how xCloud on iOS shakes out. We'll see how Fortnite on iOS shakes out. Um, I we can make our speculations. We can make our bets. Yeah. They may be likely, but <laughs> yeah we'll see how it actually shakes out right we'll fo- we'll do some follow-up on this in uh in the coming episodes so that does it for today's topics we've got some picks to go through yeah so i'll start with 
uh, it's a band actually. I had tried to listen to them back in uh, back in high school, uh, the mid two thousands to late two thousands, and I wasn't super into them at the time. It's Bring Me the Horizon, and back then I wasn't super into them. They were uh, a lot heavier back then, sort of a, a heavy metal uh, mm-hmm. band and didn't really think about them for like the next 10 years and just recently uh like maybe a month ago they popped up in my mix and i wasn't even watching i was just kind of listening i, I didn't see what song came on i was like wow this is really good and it turns out it was bring me the horizon and then i checked out some of their albums going back to even i think 2013 and they've got a lot of good material now that's just like a mix of of they still have some metal roots but um they kind of have some rock elements and pop elements and rap elements and uh one of their albums they said they kind of specifically modeled after Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Oh cool. Uh, because they they said they they thought every single song on that album could have been a single and they so they wanted to do something like that and like so every it's like every song on there is just a fantastic track so i've i've since been listening to them quite a lot they've they've got a lot of good stuff with with good lyrics and just catchy stuff and i'm i'm a sucker for catchy songs so <laughs> sure yeah really interesting stuff great albums they they showed up in a few of the automated um, playlist from Apple Music for me recently, and I've been digging into some of their stuff a lot more recently as well. So they're they're pretty cool. Um, my pick for this week is the YouTube channel Joshua Weissman. He fa- he falls into the the cook genre on YouTube. One thing that I found when digging into the um, being a hobbyist for learning how to cook and whatnot, um, you can never have enough good people talking to you about how to cook how to how different theories and how uh different um recipes that you can try in different ways to cook um and joshua weissman is a fascinating guy so he's not for everyone that's i think um as part of his mo but you and i both we are fans of a guy named nakey jakey on youtube Mm -hmm. And he speaks directly to our souls because he's our age and he knows our memes. He knows how to speak to us. God, he's funny. (laughs) Joshua Weissman is in a similar boat. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, uh, a recipe that I recently followed, which is uh, his burger bun recipe. And they were the best burger buns I've ever made in my life. And I'm going to be making more very soon. And those are going to be the best burgers ever they're gonna be so good man (laughs) they're they're like they're like they were like dinner rolls like you go to your your family's thanksgiving and they're the nice warm just pull apart dinner rolls that oh yeah Mm -hmm. anyway um so uh it's roughly roughly dinner time maybe about an hour or two from now and i'm getting hungry already so um, time to wrap this up and try to figure out how to shave off about 15 minutes from this recording. Um, so thank you for listening. Luckily, most of it was just filler, so it should be easy. <laughs> Dense. Um, 
<laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, if you have any uh, feedback or questions, uh, any topic suggestions, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Active Discourse. And uh, we'll be back in September. Um, it's looking like there is not going to be an iPhone event in September that they might have pushed it to the end of September or uh, in o- October, which is more likely. So we'll see what we talk about in September. We we got um, Duo to talk about. We p- might have some more consoles. As we had just speculated on, by the way, August was not the time to talk about consoles. Look at that. Maybe September. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're, they're going to tell like two days in advance. Like, oh, hey, you can pre-order and it'll be out in two days and this is the cause. They're going to wait. No, I'm already going to own it and then they're going to take it out of my account. <laughs> Give us your shipping address and your credit card and just trust us. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, until next time, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Bye. See you in the next one.